So what's this podcast about then? Continue listening, but just for a quick background, my name is Samir Bunga and I am from the firm Bunga Legal. This podcast is about the world of 2022 and how things are very different from what they were last year or even a couple of years ago. Just think about the last three years and where it's brought us in life so far. Let's remember we won't just be talking about the law, however. There will be a lot of opinion on this show, both ours and the opinions of our guests. We also need to remind you this is not legal advice as this is very general. We do not necessarily hold the same opinion as the guests who appear on our show, but we are a very open show and we will be broadcasting a lot of different opinions. So we're doing a bit of a random one today with Chris from the Primodcast joining us shortly. So what are we going to talk about? A bit of everything actually and just what's going on. I actually do want to speak about Novak Djokovic and what I consider not to be a bad thing, but I guess that's not everyone's opinion. I've been seeing a little po- a lot of posts about what's going on, and I think some people are not very happy with the government letting him in. And I do understand people's sentiment and why that wouldn't be okay generally. However, in this case, I would say, look at it as a positive. It is a guy who stood up to the government and effectively got what he wanted. So that's a good thing. And if you look at the post I just put up before, what I'm asking everyone to do is apply for an exemption. So I understand a lot of people have been knocked back previously. I'm not saying you're going to get it. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee you won't. But hey, expose the bureaucracy, expose the hypocrisy, and expose the double standards. That's the way to do it. Look, I have seen some people succeed with getting exemptions. It's very, very hard. Exactly right. What someone just pointed out embarrass the idiot and I really don't like saying some of these things publicly but I think at this point around he's a, he's just an idiot it makes no sense what's going on like let's talk let's look back in Victoria and look this applies everywhere don't get me wrong all around Australia we're having issues at the moment but in Victoria you had effectively a two-week gap where you could go shopping if you're unvaccinated and they took it backwards and went the other way how does that actually make any sense it doesn't and then I believe because of the stuff up, they tried, to, they tried to frame it as a little bit of a goodwill period for you guys who are unvaccinated in Victoria to go shopping, which is just a disgrace, right? Here in New South Wales, the unvaccinated allowed in shops again. We are seeing some issues, but at least it's moved forward somewhat. I don't understand why Victoria can't when the case numbers are virtually the same. It's a very similar atmosphere to New South Wales. So we should be moving with the times. Unfortunately, they're not. And it makes you think, or it should make you think, why is that? What's going on? What are the issues? I'm not saying that things are going to turn overnight. They never do, and I wish they did. I keep saying the law is really slow. I really wish it wasn't. But the law only changes because of you guys. And this is where stuff like what Novak Djokovic has just done, what he's achieved, talks big. In the end, we've had other movie stars come in. Like there's an exemption, for example... If you were flying in on a private chartered flight, sorry, not chartered flight, a private flight, it was very different to coming in on a commercial airliner. And that's how a lot of big names and a lot of people with money got into the country and they got their exemptions. Most of us can't afford that type of luxury, but these guys can. Do I hate them for it? No. But do I think it's right? No. Ethically, it's not. But at least in this current moment now, 
we know what Novak's line is and we know what he's managed to achieve and all of us as people should look at that and try and gain something from that. Okay, so it depends what state you're in. Someone's just asked, what about my employer who's still required vaccinated to into the office, only allowing vaccinated people into the office? It depends where you are. Now, if you've been following me for some time, you'll know that I've spoken about cultural issues in society and what it's become and some of the issues now. One of them is this whole vaccinated policy, especially in New South Wales, where it's not required in offices, but certain businesses, including law firms. I've actually had a couple of clients who work for other law firms who have a policy that you have to be vaccinated to come back in. And look, it's quite wrong, but that's the way it's gone. So now you're no longer fighting the government there, you're fighting your employer. And I can tell you now, some employers, I'm pretty sure have been paid incentives in order to have it going or in order to keep it going and to keep that line, whereas others have not. Sorry, guys, I'm just waiting. Oh, yeah, Primordy's here. Let me get him in. So excuse me for one moment. Guys, we've got Primod coming in. I want to get him into this so everyone can jump in. He'll be here shortly, I hope. Oh, here we go. Here's the man. How you doing, Chris? Hey, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I just started off with some stuff about Novak, which I actually think is a good thing, by the way. I just want to make that clear. I think, hey, it's it shows someone succeeded, and we all know what he's like, what his value is, what he wants, and what the values he's pushed. And I honestly think a lot of us can learn from this and go, fuck you, government. We're going to do our own thing as well. Apply for those exemptions, people. I don't care what position you're in. Apply for an exemption. Get knocked back. If you have a case, take it to VCAT. You don't have to go to the Supreme Court. And sorry, New South Wales, it's NCAT. Other states, you'll have your own version of tribunals. You don't have to go straight to the Supreme Court. In a lot of cases, I think that's actually incorrect to do so because the tribunals are cheaper. You learn as you go. Actually, one thing a lot of lawyers don't know, and I'm going to tell you this, tribunals don't necessarily have rules of evidence. So you can get away with more in a tribunal than you can with the Supreme Court. So remember that one. And if your lawyer doesn't know, school them on that. Anyway, Chris, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Not too bad, man. Look, I'm liking some of the stuff that's going on in our country, but I'm hating others. I'm following your stuff. And I have to say, I find it very entertaining. That's for sure. You've definitely exposed a lot of hypocrisy in the last few months, and I'm fucking loving it. Yeah, man, it's you know what, it's it's insane. Like, the, especially my post today with um, President uh, Macron, how you pronounce his mm. name, over there in, in France. If you were to share something like that three years ago, you'd never believe it, right? No, it's so out of the ordinary. But somehow, the out of the ordinary is now the ordinary. So they're getting away with this sort of thing and making these ridiculous comments. Like we had the, um, the prime minister of Canada come out the, the other day and say that he likened the people that are um, unjuiced to um, misogynists and racist. I'm thinking, what? That's madness. That's yeah, totally. Right? So, totally. So it doesn't matter now. Apparently uh, half of the people that we know that are unvaccinated are ethnic. So they're all fucking racist walking around and misogynist. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of them, I'm sure they are. And misogynist at least but look a lot of us aren't down that line but that generalization right it's just disgusting everything now is being generalized and it's, it's like the anti-vaccine 
as soon as you say no, and that's why really seriously for me, I'm wondering, don't, if you say no to the booster, are you now an anti-vaxxer? Why not? That's going to be the next thing. If you say no to the booster, anti-vaxxer. What if you say no to the second booster, you're an anti-vaxxer? Anti-vax doctors, anti-vax virologists. How the fuck does that make any sense? It doesn't make sense, but it's just a, a, a term that they've used to... It's just like conspiracy theorists. It's another term that people use. So it just it categorizes people into a group where anything those people... So if you get labelled an anti-vaxxer or a conspiracy theorist, anything you say after that point, people aren't going to be paying attention to you because you've already been labelled in a certain way. So um, it's gone on for forever. We know it's gone on forever, this sort of uh, labelling, but um, it's getting more extreme and, and more ridiculous, really, to think that if somebody refuses a simple, a vaccine, not, not an entire, um, I'll be careful using that word, exactly. we're alive, man. Um, if someone refuses this therapeutic product, just, just one out of the many that are available for various range of illnesses and diseases, if you refuse one of them, then, you know, you're, you're an anti-vaxxer, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's like saying that because I've got kids, right, I have absolutely, I wouldn't say I don't have the desire, but I won't go out and buy a two-door car, right? doesn't mean I'm an anti-car, right? An right. anti-cuvee. Right, man, you, you, could, you could paint it however you want, but it's, it's insane that this is happening. But um, that Novak situation is very um, interesting. Um, I like it, but I also dislike it. I understand. For the simple reason that, um, yes, it's a sport and it's entertainment, um, and a lot of people have seen it for that, that it's, it's great that he can come over. But let's not forget, for him, it's a job, right? He's, he's not doing it for free. He's getting paid to do it. So how can you let him come into this country? He's not an Australian citizen, wasn't born. He overseas, lives overseas. How can you allow him into the country to work? That's what he's doing is working, earn an income for, for himself and his family, um, and at the same time, tell Australians that were born and raised here and have, and have contributed to this economy their entire lives, tell them, no, you can't get an exemption. But purely based on the fact that the government's going to make money out of this tournament, if you're world's best player, I think he's number one or he's in the top few, I'm guessing. I have, look, I don't watch tennis at all and I actually am not going to watch the Australian Open, just to be honest. But, heck, I completely agree with you. It flies in the face of, and this is why I shared one of the construct, like one of the, I, the groups I follow. It's a construction group, right? And a lot of those guys aren't vaccinated, have lost their jobs, their families have lost their, you know, their livelihoods as well. Because I get it, it's not a good thing. However, this is why I look at it the other way too, and say, look, we can learn something. But you're 100 percent right. It is a job. He's getting paid for it. But what in the end underlies all this? It's money, and that's why I do. Um, you believe more and more, even if you don't want to, that. There's so many vaccines here. They must have expended a lot of money on that, but they're not just able to let it go. Not just able to say, oh, shit, we've got all these boosters sitting, all these vaccines, and what do we do? Oh, we'll get a booster. It might not be nefarious for any other reason except for money. But let's remember, money talks. It's unfortunate, but that's what we seem to find, is that money plays a big role in the way this country works and a lot of other countries. And what yeah. you said about what happened with the Canadian president and the uh, French president as well, because I just saw you post on both, Oh, wait, it's Canadian Prime Minister, French President, whatever it is, I yeah. can't remember now. But it's just shocking. They're allowed to get away with this. And it's only because they're filtering anything against them. And really, yeah. the only way to get a proper unbiased opinion is social media, which it shouldn't be. But unfortunately, the mainstream in all these countries, from the people that I know in these countries, are saying that it's just 
they get away with it because it's the same thing that's happened here. As soon as you say something, you're labelled something. And imagine this for an anti-vaxxer, right? At the moment, at least, yes, 5 to 11-year-old kids are allowed to get it, but I don't think it's obviously not a mandate yet. But what if you're a parent and says, okay, for my, for my parents or my grandparents, fine. For even us as 40 or 50-year-old parents, fine. But our kids are young. We don't want to give it to our kids. Are they anti-vaxxers now too because they're saying no for the kids? Where do we fucking draw this line? I don't think it actually makes any sense. And I reckon that's going to be the next thing. When it's mandated and they say no, they're going to be the anti-vaxxers too. Yeah. You know, what? I had a conversation about this literally 30 minutes ago with uh, my buddy, Matt Fox. We're mm. talking about this and about the, the, the jab coming for the kids because that's on the 10th of January. It's only a few days away. Um, and we're working on, I'll, I'll speak about it very quickly. So um, I started up, I'm starting up a organisation uh, with the help of people like Matt. Um, it's going to be the next gen project. So it's going to be all about um, health and, and, you know, making sure the kids are guided down the right path and, and looking after their diet and their health and their fitness and all these things that are important. Um, so I'll share more about that later, but um, I was having a chat with him about it. And we were talking about the, the fact that you have to understand that not here yet, but overseas in the U S in particular, millions of children aged five to 11 have already had it. Right. Yeah. It's a demoralization thing. It's like, we know there's no long-term safety data. We know that. Right? The f parents are willingly, willingly jabbing their, their children with no long-term safety data. These children are five years old. Maybe they'll be fine. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I really do hope that they'll be okay and there's no um, repercussions for them in the future. But imagine if it comes out in a few years' time that there's issues. This could be many reproduction, reproductive issues. It could be a million and one different things, right? What happens then? Sorry, shit, it's too late. Sorry, you know, whoops, our bad. Like, you can't I'll tell you what happened. They won't even, they won't even do that. They won't even no, admit that. They won't They'll, do just that. Let it, they'll say, oh, no, it must have been something else. It must have been climate change that did it. I'm telling you, it'll be something else. Yeah, of course. What, and, and this is the reason why you need so many people. Because if you made this choice, a genuine choice, and you had 30% or 40% of people that said no. Look, I still think a lot of people would have got it. But if you had a stronger majority who were allowed to say no, you will, go, you will then have better studies. You will have a better you know, analysis of the adverse reactions. If you get rid of that and you enforce it on everyone, you don't know, right? So it's the best way to muddy the waters is just to make sure, well, if all you've had it, it can't be that. You can't prove it. Yeah, well, people need to understand is that the trial data was a very small group of people. There wasn't a great deal of kids in the, in the trials. It was quite a small. Mm. I spoke about it on my episode I had with Dr. McCullough the second time. We spoke about that. And it was a very small pool of, of children. It wasn't a big group. Um, and I'm pretty sure there was no, sta um, no stage three. I think it was just stage one and two trials. I'll get the information. It's, it's on there anyway. You can, you can listen to yeah. it or I even posted about it um, a few weeks ago. Um, and they said it was effective at reducing um, the kids contracting it and whatnot. But a lot of the children in that study weren't even exposed to it to begin with. So how effective was it at reducing the chances of a child picking up the virus. They weren't, a lot of them weren't even exposed to the virus, right? So there was yeah, that right. issue with it. The fact that it was such a small trial with, with I think it was like 2,000. It was a small, tiny trial that they're going off, right? So at the end of the day, these parents who are willingly uh, do, uh, letting their kids um, be, be injected with this are doing it with no long-term safety data, a very small uh, trial group, no stage three trials, just a lack of a lack of 
concrete data, which is what you would really want when you're talking about giving something to your five-year-old child, right? So if they can make us do that, if they can make mm. parents do that to their children, what else can they make you do? Right? So it's, it's, that's how I look at it. I look at it as it's just a huge amount of control. And as Robert Malone alluded to on his episode with everyone's talking about it, the mass psychosis, man, that's real. It's happening. It's a real thing. Totally. What, going to that question, what can they make us do? Let's look. I used to, families, man, families are broken up. I know through my, look, so to the people that don't know me, I'm a solicitor. I have my own firm. I'll speak about that later. But I know relationships that are broken up over this, quite literally speaking, divorces over this. Parents are now fighting to see if they to stop their children being vaccinated or one parent is or whatnot. Actually, one case is good where both parents are against it, but unfortunately there's some other issues at play. I don't want to reveal too much about that, but we have a lot of cases and the sticking point is when parents are going against each other, one person wants their child to be vaccinated, the other doesn't, that's causing an issue. And what's going on is a lot of parents are just getting the, the parents on the side of vaccination uh, or for this particular one, I guess getting it done and then saying, fuck you, do what you want to do rather than holding off. So it's a really sticky situation. But when you have families breaking up over it, it tells you that's what the, this is what the government's created with this bloody cultural change. And this is why I keep saying to me, the biggest issue isn't the mandate, not the direction either. It's the fact that we've allowed our culture to change and go backwards. And I mean backwards to enforce discrimination and segregation and then to think or to try and justify it by saying it's not segregation. It is still walking around saying, no, this is not segregation, which it quite literally is. And it's justified because the government's allowing it. And then you have, I don't believe, I don't even know about left and right wing, right? I, that doesn't mean anything to me. What does mean something to me is the way that people are doing it and the way that people are classifying them above someone else. Because for example, if you are completely pro the COVID vaccine, you then think you're better than someone who doesn't like the COVID vaccine. That's wrong. If you want it, you're cool, get it. But why are you better than that other person? And when you don't have any, like, we're relating this to what the government's saying, right? Apparently the other day, so with rapid antigen test, I posted a conversation that was referenced in respect of talking about the human rights not being breached in Victoria. The, they, they effectively referenced or cited a conversation, no data on rapid antigen tests, no data, and they say, well, no, they're not effective. So apparently rapid antigen tests are only 54% effective, according to these guys, compared to the PCR, which is absolute bullshit from the experts I've spoken to. And I'm, you know more guys than me, so I'm sure you'll get the same. But that's what they promoted. And what did they reference? A conversation between the chief health officer and the Premier. How does that make any fucking sense? Or well, the Premier's office? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, let me just quickly jump back to when you're speaking about the, the situation with the split families and children in the middle. Um, something that I've heard a lot about, and I get messages almost daily from parents um, regarding uh, not so much the jab, but just the virus in itself, is that it's being used as a tool. So um, split families, you might get one parent. We, we know what happens, right? Sometimes it ends on bad terms and one of the parents will try and hold the kids back from the other parent. It happens, happens forever. Um, but they're using now the virus as a reason to do that. Oh, I don't want him outside, you know, because of the virus. I don't know who you've been around with. And that's another thing that needs to be addressed too because it's being – I don't know if it's been raised. You'd know a lot more than I do in terms of whether it's been raised. 100% yes. All but that's being raised. So I can give you so examples. Um, it's happening um, quite a lot. I said nearly every day I get messages from people. Um, both uh, the mother and father 
um, a message to me with the same issue that the other parents using the virus to manipulate uh, the situation instead of, you know, just say they've got um, custody uh, arrangements for every second weekend. Um, they're yeah. going, oh, yeah, they're not coming anymore. It's better to keep them safe here. And they're manipulating it, right? Um, that's something that needs to be spoken about a lot more. Um, and um, on to your next point. Um, yeah, man, it, the, 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 the rat tests in itself, I mean, what, you know, it's very rare that you do a test in, in regards to the rat test, right? You get a false positive. Right, it's that's a similar story with a lot of those tests. Even pregnancy tests are the same, right? It's generally a, a false negative, as opposed to a false positive. Um, so I'd like to know how they're coming to that conclusion. Uh, you know, unless they've got a group of people who are doing the rat test, then doing a PCR test. But then you have to also understand the PCR tests can find the people test positive on PCR tests six months after they've had the the virus, right? I know someone that's tested positive like nine times on a PCR test in the last 12 months, right? They haven't had it nine times, they had it once, right? They tested positive yeah. nine times after that. So what's accurate? I mean, the, the, I mean, in the government's eyes, they just want, from what it looks like from where I'm sitting, they just want cases, they want case numbers, which was the beginning, they were doing LGA blocks where if you left an LGA, you had to get tested. I mean, that's nonsense. The fact that... No. They've encouraged asymptomatic testing is nonsense. Like the, even the World Health Organization say don't do asymptomatic testing of people. Don't do it. Um, yet the government made a requirement to leave your local government area, right? I think it was Fairfield they copped it. You couldn't leave if you lived in Fairfield. You couldn't go to work unless you had a test every three third day. Um, that's right. That's nonsense. That's completely unnecessary. It's a waste of the person's time doing it, taxpayers' money, an absolute waste of money. How much money was wasted by that? How much That's a very good question. Based on asymptomatic testing. Look, going into the Fairfield point, I just want to make one point there. Please, people, don't forget that because that, to me, is an abuse of human rights and that should come out in the next few years. Unfortunately, abuse of human rights don't come out at the time. It comes out after. We're very slow. I can't answer exactly why, but until the sentiment changes, generally it won't come out. But... What happened to Fairfield, Parramatta, Campbelltown eventually, and some of these other LGAs, Bankstown was another one. They got hammered, absolutely hammered. I don't think we did enough as a society at that point. I'm not blaming no. anyone, but I think a bit more could have been done. I think the challenges should have been to those 12 LGAs to help those people out, but, you know, it's, what's done is done. Let's, there. let's call it exactly what it is. It was discrimination. It was it discriminating was. against uh, minority ethnic communities, which the majority of Western Sydney and Southwestern Sydney are, right? If you compare Completely. it to eastern to the eastern suburbs, um, and I can say these sort of comments and people don't get upset because I myself and half are ethnic, so I'm fine, I can get away <laughs> with it. But, um, yeah, man, that's exactly what it is, right? So, you know, those people, so people that come from these diverse backgrounds have experienced um, different uh, situations in their home countries. They've been under oppressive governments, uh, communist governments. They know exactly what it looks like. They know what it looks like leading up to it. They can see it happening before the typical Australian um, can see it happening because they've been through it, right? So mm -hmm. how do you shut those people up? How do you minimise their impact in the community? You lock them down. You make their life difficult. The health advice came out. The health... I've seen... The, I've read the health advice they were reflecting on from Dr Kerry Chan. It said... Nothing about targeting certain LGAs and parts of Sydney. It said Sydney as a whole, blanket rule. 
not not Southwest Sydney, not Western Sydney. They chose to implement those harsh restrictions against the health advice. It was not in line with the health advice whatsoever. I've read it. I've seen it. it's not so, it for a second. Total, we need a royal commission on that. Like we genuinely need a proper investigation on why it was done, who actually authorised it, which obviously it's Brad Hazard at some point, but who the people underneath were that said it. The, there's two things, the ethnicity, but also the amount of resources and money. They would, that's the other thing that differs in both the areas you said. If you look at the lockdown in the northern suburbs at that time, northern beaches, sorry, it wasn't exactly a hard lockdown. You didn't have drones flying overhead and you didn't have cops walking the street stopping you, whereas in Bankstown, and guys, I don't live there, but some of my clients do and friends do, and I do believe this, whether you want to or not, there were drones flying overhead, stop telling effectively. They knew if you were outside for more than an hour or I think it was an hour at that time and you were told to go back or the police would come up to you. That is next level insane. And at that point, and it's still happening. You live five minutes away from me, right? Five minutes away. Do you remember the helicopters? Mm. They're flying overhead constantly. So this is for Campbelltown, though, I think. Whereas, So, guys, we both, I mean, I don't think it's a secret anymore. We both live in the Camden LGA, which is right next to Campbelltown. And I think where we both are now is closer to the Campbelltown LGA. But I believe the helicopters are for Campbelltown that we would have heard that were going over the top. It was bad, man. It was very... And Bankstown was much worse than here. Bankstown copped it the most from what I understand. And it makes you wonder because it's got a higher Vietnamese and Lebanese population go talking about ethnicities. So that's got... Does that have... As you said, does that have something to do with it? If it fucking doesn't, there's something seriously wrong that there was no one buddy going around the northern beaches when they were locked out because they could still walk around and do whatever they wanted to. And I know people in northern beaches were visiting other people at that point. So it's not like they stopped anything, man. No, eastern suburbs were in the same boat. Um, mm. If I remember, I'm trying to get, remember, there's been so much shit going on. Where did, where was the Delta outbreak the first big part of the eastern suburbs, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, good question. I think it was, might have been. And then around Christmas time, not in 20, uh, was it 2020 Christmas time, it was the northern beaches, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. I think that's right. I look, my memory's a bit lackluster, but I think that's right. Not lackluster, it's just you get confused because there's so much shit that's happened in the past 18 months. It's hard to keep... Yeah, that's yeah. but um, yeah, man, they, they never copped it anywhere near as bad um, as we did and, and southwestern and western Sydney. But yet, um, you know, it was very problematic and, and a lot of the spread was there. Like, you had people where we couldn't leave our house. Like, we couldn't leave home, right? But yet they were going out. Like, you've seen the photos. Um, in the streets, having coffee, walking around with friends, exercising at the, the beach. Now, listen, personally, I have no problem with any of that. I support that 110%. You should be able to go outside whenever you want. No one should be locked down, period. Um, I'm just yeah. making a point that they were definitely treated in a different way to how we were, for sure. Definitely. Look, someone just pointed out a comment. And I just want to give this airtime just because I'm not 100% sure. Someone just said lockdown was mad out here in Bondi. So I'm not sure if he means matters and they could do whatever or if it was actually enforced. Could you just clear that up? So I'm just curious what you're saying or what, what that means. But either way, look, I definitely, from the people that I spoke to, I could see that it was very different. Yeah, a couple of people have posted about Bondi. So if you guys could clear up how bad it was in Bondi, that would be great. Because I actually don't know the right. Bondi experience directly, except the beaches that we saw videos and photos of. You know, I don't 
no um i'll just what i'd seen on online and I, I know a few people out there and and from my understanding it was quite lenient like there certainly wasn't to my the amount of police on the streets in bondi as there was you know the main street of bankstown um no oh, no way there's no but, way i could not that, imagine no no way that's um that's common so any time of the year there's, there's a lot more police walking the streets and that but you know it shouldn't as as they've said from as the politicians, have, <clears throat> sorry, have said from day one that we're all in this together, um, and that certainly wasn't the case. Right. So people are saying someone just said you could go to the beach and walks with mates. It was fine. This is Bondi and the eastern suburbs generally. So someone said there was there was a drone flying over every day, and it was like, and it was like a holiday. I was flying a drone over every day. Right. Okay. Got you. Just don't hurt anyone in the process. I've seen drones do pretty serious damage, but, you know, apart from that, that's up to you. Oh, man. It's a fucking bro, irony of the time. They're it's crazy, man. It's crazy, bro. Let's not forget the Mars Outdoors. The Mars Outdoors was a, was a measure implemented by the, the state government. Um, I'm pretty sure it was, it was, that was consistent across New South Wales. Um, eventually. But yes. Eventually. Yes, right. Eventually. Um, but, again, that wasn't health advice. That was media pressure. Right? Media and someone, pressure. And wasn't it the police that eventually said we should enforce it rather than the actual chief health officer? The police said that that's a recommendation they made, the police commissioner. I can't remember. Could be wrong on this, but right. either way, you're right. It wasn't health advice. But it's like Dan Henry. What a stupid... That, uh, not you. Your comments were stupid. Just what you're relaying is because that's what was said, right? We had the police commissioner, a police commissioner recommending public health measures. Mm. Could you imagine a doctor, you know, doing um, public safety and, and right order measures? That's a police's job. They shouldn't be no, involved. This, totally. This is the irony of the situation, man. And this goes back to the whole vax, anti-vax, if you use those two stupid labels. If you're anti-vax, you can be a fucking doctor. You're not good enough. If you're pro-vax, you can be anyone. Your fucking dog can be pro-vax, man. It's all good. Your dog knows better than the fucking anti-vax doctors, apparently. This is the shit that we let go. Yeah, man, talking about dogs in I don't know whereabouts this is. Maybe it's in Queensland. Uh, the Bunning stores—they're—they're they're not allowing unjabbed people into the stores. Um, right. yeah, people are walking through Bunnings with their dogs. Think about that. The double second. standard, right? So you're putting people below. You're putting unvaccinated people below dogs, and that's what I think you're getting to at the moment. So now you've got a level. You're effectively saying you're good enough if you're vaccinated. You're not good enough if you're unvaccinated, but if you've got a dog with the vaccinated, that person comes over the unvaccinated person. This is what we're doing to our country right now. And if people think this is okay, I don't care which side of the fence you're on or where you stand in this little bloody scale, that is completely wrong to me. I just can't understand why anyone would be okay with that. Because this kind of stuff doesn't fix itself overnight either. No, it doesn't. Man, there'll be long-term, probably lifelong, to be honest. Um, I mean, our life, our lifetime, hopefully in future generations it's over and done with, but definitely in our lifetime, I'll be always sceptical. It has ruined me in terms of my levels of trust in certain organisations. Um, like if I, if, I, if I was to need a medication and they go, oh, no, it's safe, it's TJ approved, I'm still going to be a bit, hmm, I'll look at it a little bit sceptical. Um, because I know the games they play, I know they're... Their, um, their decisions are based on, first of all, they follow the FDA. If the FDA approves a drug, the TGA will generally follow suit. It's very rare the FDA will approve something the TGA doesn't, right? 
Um, and you can actually see what's going to happen here just by looking at what's going to ha happening in the States with the FDA. If the FDA approved the jab for five to 11 year olds, which I said months ago, I said it's coming here next. Trust me, mark my words, yeah. what will happen here next. Within a week, they're already talking about it. So, um, you know, I've lost a lot of, of trust uh, in, in major organisations and, and different government bodies. And um, it also was a bit, um, you know, in terms of with, with the police, um, there was obviously still majority of police were still good and, and doing the right thing, but there's also a lot of ones that were doing the wrong thing in terms of, of coming down overly hard on people for not wearing a mask outdoors and, you know, the incident in Melbourne shooting people on the street with rubber bullets because they're outdoors. Like, this is this is scarred. Like, it scarred me. Um, and the way oh, I yeah, man. Old. So... It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And actually, on that note, people in Queensland, if there's any of these, if anyone here is from Queensland, I think someone just commented that they're in Queensland, that Bunnings was okay, but couldn't get into a pub. But I want to know the Queensland experience. I'm sure Chris does as well. I know the Victorian New South Welsh the New South Wales experience, I should say, quite well. I know the South Australian experience a bit, and I'm finding out more about WA and Tasmania. So I'm trying to get people from Queensland right now, how you guys are seeing it up there. I know there was a bit of a pushback against what the government was doing, but how are you guys finding it now? Because I think in the end, the courts are slow. I keep saying that. If people resist or don't like what's going on, the governments will have to change because that is what is important the courts will rule in favour of what they call the majority of the people. They take the opinion as they see it as a whole, and that's how they will rule. This is why the courts are not the most effective way necessarily. However, I'm not saying they're redundant. They work after time. So, for example, now in New South Wales, for example, what we are seeing is New South Wales is meant to be more open. So now is there still a need for the mandates? That's where there's some questions that are easier to hammer on Whereas before it was harder because you were just saying it's the peak of the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. And once it happens in Victoria, it's similar. Hopefully by the time the case gets to the Victorian Supreme Court, there's going to be more grounding to succeed as well. But ultimately, people, try and file exemptions. Do what you can do. I know it's not easy. I know it's annoying to get knocked back, but bloody do it. Give it a shot and publish it. Get it to people like Chris if you want to publicize it so you can just have a bloody page and going out information going out. this was tried the exemptions for example when people were failing to get exemptions to visit their family members who are about to pass away that's disgusting to me but again shouldn't be forgotten we need to hold the government accountable for this later on so i'm just even if we can't do it now it's not lost we can do it tomorrow we can do it next year the year after people keep pointing to the nuremberg stuff and going to the walls right what you need to look at is it wasn't until the end of the war and then a couple of years after or a few years after. This isn't the same. This will take even longer, but it's not going to happen in the midst of it. It's going to come after. That's when you hold these people accountable. It's not great. I'm not saying it's great, but sometimes it's the only way, at least for the time being that I know of. Stuff will unravel. More of this will come out. People are seeing the statistics. There are some people who are still freaked out, who quite frankly should stay home if they are, but there are a lot more people who are opening up and going, hold on, this is not okay. So it is coming. People are not okay with the second booster or potentially the first booster or second booster and whatnot. People are going to get fed up. A lot of people anyway, the tides are turning. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, you know what? I've had, uh, and you've probably been in a similar experience. I mean, it's tearing through New South Wales. So I went from knowing not a great deal of people who have had it personally to fucking having every second or third person that I know 
having it, right? Within a very short period of time. Um, mm. And nearly every, it, it's strange because um, most of the, the unjabbed people that I know haven't caught it. It's, it's the jab people that have caught it. Um, and that's just in my experience of what's happening. That's my, my experience family. too, actually. It's bizarre, right? Anyway, yeah. so um, a lot of those people who may have seen a need for everything, which I have family members who are like that, very hardline and that the government want what's best for us and all that sort of way of thinking. Um, once they once they had it, right, they very quickly changed their, their tune. And the general feeling uh, from them was when they got over it. When I mean got over it, I mean two, within two or three days. Um, mm. They all said, I cannot believe the world has stopped for this. Is this some kind of joke? What the fuck's going on? This is, and I've had mate, a lot of elderly family members, 70s, have had it. My, my, my mother had it a few weeks ago. Um, uh, my mother's, what, 60? Um, not in the best physical shape, but, um, mate, she went through it, no worries. Um, and she now, now laughs at people who are carrying on. It's like it's a cold, like harden up, have a cup of soup and shut the fuck up, you know, sort of, <laughs> sort of way of thinking, right? Uh, because it, it's nothing. And um, I've, I've definitely seen a shift in the mentality of people, especially after they get it. Um, and I think that needs to happen on a, on a mass scale. Lovely. And once that does happen, I think then we can start raising the issue about the, the natural, um, you know what I'm, I don't know whether to say it or not, we'll get your flag, but natural, um, like natural immunity. I've got to say, yeah. oh, I couldn't think of another word for it. Um, once we recognise that as a nation, and, and once they, the government recognises that, this shit ends. Because you know why? Um, once you get Omicron, from what I understand, um, from the doctors that I speak to, and I'm not making it up, um, once you get Omicron, you can get reinfected, right? So apparently, if you had any other variant before Omicron, you can get reinfected with Omicron. So it bypasses right. natural and vaccinated immunity, which was not the case prior to Omicron. You couldn't get it twice, oh, yeah. right? Um, but if, you've, if your first time is with Omicron, you get Omicron, um, and then you come into contact with someone who's got the Delta variant, you won't catch that, right? Yeah, right. That's how it's... That's, my understanding of what I've been told from, from a few uh, different people. Um, so it's great. Like it's almost like a, a natural uh, nature's booster, right? So you can't really get reinfected with any other variant. And it's, so I think it was 32 variants that has been tested against um, and it holds up. The natural immunity holds up. Um, so once you recognise that, once the government recognises that, it puts an end to it because if I had Omicron, I would absolutely refuse and I'll take it to the court. I would refuse to wear a mask. I said, what for? Well, I haven't got it. I can't possibly get it again. Mm. So therefore, how am I going to give it to someone else? That's a complete waste of my time. No, absolutely unnecessary. As is QR codes, what for? You know, tell me someone's in the shop when, I, when terrific, it doesn't bother me, I can't get it. So mandates, I don't need a booster. What for? I can't. So once they start recognising that, this will come to an end. Very, very, well, you'd think if it was down the line, it was really about health, it would put it to an end, right? Totally. Um, well, someone just posted saying, let it rip. That's basically what needs to happen. It's just let it rip, right? That's what needs to happen. Mm. Now, we've all got elderly relatives, all of us. I've got 70-year-old grandparents and, and a lot of elderly relatives. And um, it's a little bit worrying, but not to the point where I'm overly concerned. Like, you know, 
you got to draw the line. Like, okay, it's not good, but what happens? Like, you can't stop the world just in case a few 80, 90-year-olds unfortunately die. Like, they're probably going to die from a flu anyway, right? So it's not nice to say that, but sometimes you just got to call it and say it like it is. The people that are dying from this disease are extremely compromised. And they probably they would have probably met a similar outcome if they got a bad case of the flu. And I guess that's where people need to then decide if we're going to protect a small proportion of our population, so the real the elderly, right? Do that, but don't ruin everyone else's lives in the process, which is no. what's been done for the last eighteen months to two years. A lot of people have been had their you know jobs displaced, lost houses because they don't have jobs. People have closed their businesses and all this kind of stuff over the protection of effectively older people. That's Who, basically by the way, may I add, not their fault. They've already lived their life and, and paid their taxes and um, they deserve an easy retirement, no problem. But what I'm saying is the people we're protecting the, elder, uh, the elderly, uh, and, and I guess immunocompromised, but mainly the elderly, right? Um, hmm. As a result of that, every other age group is the one that's feeling the struggle, is losing their jobs, not being able to pay their mortgages. The people that we're protecting have already paid their mortgage. They're, they don't need to work. They're already retired. It's the, the, the younger ones that are suffering. And you have to ask yourself, what's worse? Is a 90-year-old who is at the end of their life who happens to succumb to or die with COVID or a 35-year-old man who loses his home and his family's out in the street and they can't put food on the table? What's worse? Oh, man, are we taking the politically correct way or the non-politically correct way? Or the honest, the honest way. Let's be honest for a second. That's the point of this. To me, that's why I jumped on this live with you, my friend, because um, the honest like thing me. is, like the honest thing is going to get me hated by a lot of people. But let's be real. In the end, if people are in their twenties and thirties, but see, this is why the thing shifted, right? This is why it shifted to these variants now targeting younger people because beforehand that's what they started with. It was the elderly. Then it shifted to all of a sudden being infectious to everyone. And now that's why kids need to be vaccinated as well and whatnot because they've just brought it down. Even though, as you said, with Dr. Peter McCullough, which I've, I'm finishing off your last one, which is great, he speaks about our kids basically have mild symptoms. He said you're much better off letting them get it and getting over it than, than vaccinating them. It's just there's no sense in it. But that's not what it, that's not what happens. So it makes it, look, the fact is you're right. Someone who's younger, Someone who's got, you know, especially no underlying health conditions, really should their lives be ruined because of this? No. But is that what's happening? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, the, 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 the suicide self-harm rate of especially teenagers um, is through the roof. Um, and that's consistent. I said especially teenagers, but it's still obviously happening with 20, 30 mid-age um, people where they're just at their end because they lost their job or whatever the case may be. Um, and it may not be a direct result of them refusing the jab for the mandate. They could have lost their job because business was locked down for months on end. So there's many reasons why people have lost their, their businesses and lost their jobs. But, man, it, this is the biggest overreaction in human history if we're talking about health. But I think a lot of us know that that's not the case. It's not really about that, is it? Because the, the no. actions are consistent with with the response that needs to be in place. Like, isolate the elderly. Isolate the vulnerable. We have to have a little bit of um, um, self-accountability. Like, if I don't want to get sick, right, I won't go mm -hmm. out. 
like, okay, if it's raining, I, I won't walk outside and get wet. If I don't want to get wet, I'm not going to walk out in the rain. I'll stay inside. I'll, wear an, I'll put an umbrella up and walk out. I don't need the government to tell me that. Right? Do it yourself. But all of a sudden, and this is the first virus or illness in history, in history, where the government actually cared whether you live or die. Understand that. This is the only time in human history where the government are so invested to make sure that you don't die from this virus. You want to die of cancer? No problem here. Buy a pack of cigarettes. You want to die of liver failure? Here, no problem. Get this bottle of whiskey. No problem whatsoever. But don't you dare die from this virus. It's the well, biggest that's right. virus in history. You can even starve to death, man. You can fucking starve to no death, problem. but you can't die of no this. Problem. It doesn't make any. That part doesn't make sense to me. And I think you posted on this a while ago where you said that, where there's how many people that are starving. And someone posted, someone else posted up about how the amount of money that's been spent on this could have easily fed the poor for years on end, yet they're not even spoken about. So I'm wondering what's happening with those people that can't afford food. We'll give them a vaccine maybe, but we're not going to give you food. It's all right. You can die from hunger. That's fine. It's ridiculous. But, but you know what? People mustn't be able to see that. Like, there must be some, because if everyone saw that, then I, I'd imagine collectively we take action and say, well, listen, fuck you and your, your vaccine. How about you feed the kids that haven't eaten in four months? Right? You've got to protect us from a virus with a 0.03% mortality rate. How about you go and feed the kids that are dying every single day? Right? Yeah. So, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's a 100% death rate from not being able to eat, right? That's right. But I'm telling you, they're probably working on a vaccine that cures that. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they worked on <laughs> this vaccine. I'm telling you, the world has become so dependent on pharmaceutical products that, that that's the way they want the world to be, right? So dependent. Like, I was only talking about this last night with my wife. I was saying that what's the difference between legal and illegal drugs? What's the difference? Well, I can tell you this, that marijuana is not as harmful as tobacco, yet marijuana is illegal, generally speaking. It's still not quite fully decriminalised, but tobacco is legal. So what's the difference? The government can control tobacco because they can make money out of it, whereas marijuana, it's much harder because you can grow it in your backyard. That's one. That's correct. Now, for example, you'd say marijuana, look at marijuana and, and um, opioids. Right? Mm-hmm. Opioids are so much more dangerous. That fentanyl shit is killing people left, right, and centre around the world. It's bad, right? But yet it's legal. Now, can you imagine how illegal Valium would be if some guy was making it in his laundry? Yeah. Could you imagine? It was that easy. Mm. Right? If some guy was making endone and codeine and morphine in his bathroom, could you imagine how illegal it would be? Right? But why is it legal? because they've found a way to profit off it. That's the only reason why it's legal. And the average person hasn't got the ability to, to get the poppy plant, break it down, mix it, cook it, to make those products. The average person can't. I certainly couldn't do that. I know you couldn't do that. Unless you're a fucking Definitely. scientist, you couldn't do it. So <laughs> they can do that. That's the only difference between... The, people need to actually wake up and realise that. That this shit is not what it seems. And the sooner people realise that, um, hopefully we can move forward as a, as a species because at the moment we've got these people walking around in masks outdoors and driving around in cars with two masks on. Yeah, I know. The rest of us. Yeah, they're by themselves too and they've got like a double mask on. Dude, today I just saw, I've seen a few people today, double masks and the face shield on top. 
like the next thing they need to pull out is the fucking gloves as well, and then I don't know the goggles too, just to make sure it doesn't get the underneath goggles. the face. The goggles. I heard that if the police are interviewing someone, I don't know whether it's everyone or whether it's only people who have been a close contact or have the virus. I don't know what the exact scenario is, but they have to wear goggles in the interview room. They've got to wear the mask, the goggles, and the shield in the interview room. That's what I was told so, by a, I was police officer only the other day. Can you imagine that? I will, I will ask my police friends, because I didn't know that, but mind you, I haven't caught to being close. I've been interacting with them as much, but I will find that out. I do, look, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because in Victoria, in the hospitals, they're obviously wearing, well, not obviously, but I think their doctors are wearing goggles there as well as some people are wearing face shields. So goggles have been introduced as PPE. So I wouldn't be surprised if the cops are, but for fuck's sake, right? I mean, if you're that scared, go to the interview outside. It's, it, it's it, ridiculous, man. Like, people just don't think about things rationally. Like, people walk around and they're like, oh, no, I'm safe. Like, I've had people tell me that, that, like, a person I used to work with, they used to sanitise their hands 10 times an hour. No, I'm safe and protected. Yeah, make it, yeah. Sanitising your hands, that's going to help you prevent catching an airborne disease. You're fucking genius. Right? That, that, that's another mm -hmm. thing. The, whole sanit the, the hand sanitizer thing is blown way out of proportion. It's an airborne disease. You get it through your airways. You don't, it's very rare you'll catch it from touching and putting. You generally catch it from, from being in the air and you inhaling it. Right? Entering your nose or your mouth. That's how you catch it. That's why the betadine um, rinse is so effective. So effective at reducing the likelihood of you getting it. Um, like people sanitizing their hair. The fuck for? Like it doesn't make. It's an airborne disease, right? Weird. People are weird. Very weird. People apply what they want to apply when they want to apply it. I think it's that simple. But that's what it comes down to. When they want to be scared, they are. When they don't want to be scared, they're not. If they have a holiday planned and money out late, I'm sure they're not scared anymore. They won't cancel their holiday. But all of a sudden, when it comes to going to a wedding where they might be unvaccinated, people people freak out. Be like, oh, fuck, we're not going there. So it's, it's just hypocrisy at its best, and it's what suits people at a particular time. But... That is the cultural shit that I'm complaining about right now. Now, before we wrap up, do you want to say anything? Because there's a couple of things that I just want to say about the new year. But is there anything you want to say first? Yeah, just one point. I want to end on this point myself. Um, is that for people watching, because I know a lot of people are still a little bit hesitant and a bit worried about it. I understand that. Um, when you have, especially if you've had um, trauma in the past, maybe, you know, maybe you got really sick from a, a flu. Um, a few years ago, my dad, man, my dad was hospitalized because of a flu. So um, some people may have had a really bad experience with a, with a virus before and they're, they're skeptical. Um, I want you to remember that the chance of you being born, just being born into this life is one in 400 trillion. The chance of you being here right now, watching this live video is one in 400 trillion. Don't waste that opportunity by, locking yourself up and, and, can, and, and essentially um, giving up on your life for, for something that, that is probably not going to be much worse for you than the common cold. Don't give up on everything and understand that the life that you have is such a blessing. And it's like, seriously, one in 400 trillion. That, that, that's, we're so blessed to be here, so fortunate. And, and people are just wasting their lives by running around afraid of something that's not really going to bother them. Please put things into perspective, please. Um, I'll end on that point. No, but easy, it's man. Important. It's important for people. I know it's a little bit off topic to a certain extent, but it's very important to remember that we have a gift.
here being born being alive is a gift and people need to understand that and really enjoy their lives and live their lives like it's been two years man two years of people being locked up locked down um you know and not not visiting their family and and not going on holidays with their friends and not just not enjoying themselves like enjoy your life while you have it because i said you're a one in 400 trillion chance that you're here so enjoy your life and live it that's my point i'm not going to pretend i knew those statistics but i'm going to go with you and that one and apparently said i i do agree my reasons would have been slightly different but it's one in the same. The end goal is exactly the same. What's the fucking point of being shit scared and staying at home and doing absolutely nothing for the rest of your life? Like, it just doesn't make sense. And then remember you, I mean, not everyone has kids, but some of us do, a lot of us may do. Remember what's going to happen in your kids' lifetimes in a couple of years' time or a few years' time. What you give away does not come back. You never should have lost freedom because freedom doesn't get taken away. That makes no fucking sense. It's completely wrong. What you've done is you've willingly given it away without understanding or you've been tricked into it, but you've willingly given it away. Now to bring it back, it's harder, but it needs to be done and we can never repeat the same mistake again. So just for people who don't know who I am, because a lot of you guys are probably following Chris rather than me, but my name's Samir from Bunga Legal and a lot of the stuff we're doing is on a legal basis, even though I shit all over the law right now with how slow it's going, I am still a solicitor and we're making some grounds in what we're doing. But what I do understand and what I do know is it's the people's sentiment that will change things. It's you guys that are going to change it. Me and Chris can't do much. Like, oh, well, I shouldn't say that. Take that back. There's certain things that we can do, but overall, until you guys do it, nothing's going to happen because it's that mass populace. It's the people that drive change and affect real change. That's all it is. The police, for example, are there to serve you and protect you. So if they're now working against the majority, it doesn't count anymore. It doesn't make sense. That's what you need to understand. This is why people power is important. That's a big thing. Our firm, we've actually taken on a few new matters. We've got a couple of new lawyers recently. We've grown to about, well, we've grown massively in the last month. And we've got some interesting cases coming. And one of them will be on the freedom of protesting effectively in the Supreme Court. So stay tuned for that. And I'm going to have one of the solicitors who's running that at some point on here. And we'll spread some information about that. Chris lives five minutes away from me, so one day I'm going to actually bring him into the office. And yeah, we'll do a... Look, I believe we have it. Yeah, I know, right? We'll we do, do a video from the same exact same place. Yeah, we do now. That's right. Yeah, man. I love that guy. He's a, he's a champion. Um, so, yeah, man, whenever I'm hungry and I'm at that shopping centre, man, I go in there and, and have lunch or have a snack. Um, support a business that supported the people. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, man, you know what? Um, we've got to catch up soon. Fuck, we live five minutes away. <laughs> we li this is literally speaking, not figuratively, we live about five minutes away, if that. So we're going to have to do a episode or something in the same place at some point. We'll figure it out. But all right, guys, have a great evening. We'll speak to you soon. Chris, thanks for chatting to me, man. All the best. Take your time, brother. Thank you very much. Good one, man. Gotcha.